Hello, and welcome to Tech, the Olympus NDT podcast. My name is Emily Peloquin, and I want to thank you for tuning in today. This podcast is all about NDT and about the incredible people that work in our industry. I've been in this industry for just over a decade now, and I'm still amazed by the incredible people that I get to work with and how tightly connected this community is. On this show, I have the chance to welcome experts from the field to chat about everything and anything, from challenging applications to new trends and even tips and tricks on how to improve your NDT game. I hope you'll enjoy the unique insight that our guests are sharing with us and that it will inspire others to also want to help in making this world a safer place. Today on the show, I got to discuss with a colleague of mine, Tommy Bourgeois. Tommy is the director for portable phased array products here for Olympus. But don't be fooled by Tommy's useful appearance because Tommy has over 20 years of experience here at Olympus. If you are an Eddicurrent person, you probably also know Tommy for his many years of product management for the MS5800, the Omniscan ECA, the Nortec, and the Bombmaster. Tommy has a wide expertise on many different NDT methods and applications. I hope you'll enjoy this conversation we had together. Without further ado, here's Tommy Bourgeois. Bonjour, Tommy Bourgeois. Thank you so much for being on the show. Hello, Emily. Thanks. It's a pleasure. So uh, NDT, as we both know, is a, a very niche industry. So there's a question I always uh, am curious about, and I like to ask all my guests. How did you stumble upon NDT some 20 years ago? <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, the, I heard I heard that from so many people that they fall into NDT. I've heard that from multiple customers, and that's no exception for me. Uh, mm -hmm. I went to, uh, at the time, the Olympus, uh, as you know, purchased RD Tech the uh, company from Quebec, and I went straight from college to RD Tech. Oh, but okay. a couple of weeks before my last year at college, um, I had an unexpected medical problem. <laughs> and I got late to school by one week, and I ended up picking up the projects that basically were too complicated and that nobody wanted. And I picked one in editor, and I, I, it was about validating a formula. And I thought, hey, this would be interesting because I kind of liked the electromagnetic side at the time. And eventually that became my passion to RD Tech because uh, I was one of the very few that actually did current before coming to the company. That's how mm -hmm. I fell into NDT and I've been in NDT ever since. No way through uh, just, <laughs> you know, like having the leftovers that nobody wanted. <laughs> there you go. Well, it I, served you quite well after a while. Huh? Yeah, and that project turned out to be quite interesting, actually, and uh, a lot easier than a lot uh, of people may have thought. But anyway, that's how I got into it. So did I get this right? It was uh, about 20 years ago now? It, it was a little bit more than 20 years ago, actually, wow. yes. I started uh, at Architect uh, May 2000. Okay, great. So, well, can you walk us through your career timeline at, uh, well, RD Tech and Olympus? When did you start exactly and uh, what was your position back then? Yes. Uh, I don't remember all the position names, but if I go on a general timeline, 
I started off as a what we would call today in applications application specialist. Okay. Um, started on day one, uh, actually designing an adapter for a customer that had a specific problem and wanted to uh to solve uh, he basically connect his probe to his instrument and i started like that and supporting customers through trainings uh writing some documentation uh, sometimes designing custom probes because i always kind of like that that side the designing phase right. uh that's the, the the design portion of the job which uh, you know i happily took when i had the the opportunity and over the years that led me to actually uh design more and design more and support and improve the products and uh, I, I got to improve some um, some of the probes some of the applications some of the signal responses i got to d really deep dive into at the time i was uh, solely uh, working with editorant although i've been in my sh i've been doing my share of iris which is uh, internal rotating inspection system for tube testing right yeah mainly uh, with the ms5800 right Correct, uh, okay. MS5800. So eventually, uh, I became product manager because, uh, let's be honest, for years I've been doing product management pretty much on my own without being a product manager, just because I, I, I guess I enjoyed the job, and eventually became uh, I had the official title of being the product manager of the MS5800 uh, okay. multi-scan, uh, which came with the Omniscan ECA, and later on, accepted a new challenge that. Uh, I mean, the MS was in 2008, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. In uh, 2011, yeah, I accepted the challenge for being product manager for the Nortec series and Boundmaster portable NDT instruments, yeah. which was uh, fantastic, really. Uh, those, uh, I, I learned so much. Uh, we, uh, I came just at the right timing where we developed new products. The Nortec 600, the Boundmaster 600, that was already approved and ongoing. So that was uh, those were really uh, really fun years. And uh, eventually, uh, a bit more recently, I accepted the another challenge, which was on the the phase array side. So I basically turned around and went back to some doing some more ultrasound learning, and I'm still learning. It's only been what, three years into it, uh, learning right. phased array. And I will probably be learning phased array, I hope, for the next 10 or 15 years. I don't know how long it takes to be a master at phased array. <laughs> Do but... we truly stop learning anyway? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. It never stops. And especially the technology evolves so fast. The True. applications that are uh, developed, uh, it, it never ends. Especially, I, f I find in this uh, phased array world, it's so rich. Uh, there's so many variance so much knowledge uh, from everyone so it's quite That's an amazing uh, field very nice and so uh so now you are the director for portable phase ray products and it, so what do you do uh, as the the director for the portable phase ray products that's that's like a question you you get asked uh, at family gathering what do you do <laughs> yes, well what do you do exactly <laughs> it's the short story is you do a bunch of things <laughs> you wear that, many hats, right? Yeah, but that doesn't really help in understanding what somebody's doing. Um, it involves uh, all the aspects of product management, really. Uh, there's, of, of course, there's an obvious uh, 
uh, HR slash uh, personnel management, which honestly takes minimal time there. Mm-hmm. Uh, When you have a good team. <laughs> yes, exactly, because I do have a good team. Uh, yeah. yeah, exactly. There's all the, the research portion. Uh, there's all the development, the, the product definition, the work with engineering. That's probably the area uh, that's currently taking the most of my time. Of course, there's the never-ending learning of how customers are using it. That's one of the things I like to be do- uh, doing in this particular year with the uh, the COVID situation. It's a, well, we'll all agree it's, it's, it's a bit tougher, but I like to learn how customers are actually using their instruments. Uh, but, well, that's only one part of, of your answer. There's obviously all the admin, all the memos, all the notices, all the unusual cases that end up on my desk, mm-hmm. uh, cost considerations, of course. And I probably forget 75% of everything else <laughs> that I do in a day or a week. And on top of it, you have to take podcast interviews. So that's quite a bit on your plate. <laughs> <laughs> so I appreciate that. Um, so when what, what do you say uh, would be your, your biggest achievement? Obviously, you've done a lot at Olympus. What, in your mind at least so far, is your biggest achievement with Olympus? The ones I'm the most proud of is are the ones that make customers happy. And mm-hmm. I've seen, uh, you know, uh, if I go back in the timeline and I follow, obviously the late improvements we did on multi-view at the time, but mm-hmm. the Nortec Bond Master, uh, I think, made a lot of people happy and and thought that these instruments were really something else. And uh, of course, I'll mm-hmm. finish with the H3, uh, the mm-hmm. Trent Omniscan H3, which is still uh, improving. That's quite a, a massive improvement over what's been done before. Totally. So if I had to pick three, I'd stick with the Nortec, the Bondmaster, and the S3 as the the product launches. Uh, eventually, you know, what makes me happy is also when they're launched and they they're they're complete. And yeah, again, I'm I'm repeating myself, but when customers are using that and they do the job, they're uh, impressed by how the product is working and doing uh, simplifying their lives really. Yeah, yeah, you did fantastic jobs with uh, with those uh, with those products, truly. So, uh, yeah, kudos on on, on all three, uh, and I'm sure there's more to come. So that so that's really exciting. Uh, yeah, so, but I can't speak too much about that. Though, I know, but, yeah. I know. We, we won't go there. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, and and so we both know as well that uh, that NDT is an industry that uh, certainly takes you places. You know, I'm sure that since since you've been with RD Tech and with Olympus, uh, you probably visited a a good part of the planet by now, <laughs> supporting uh, inspectors and and visiting different customers to gather feedback, um, visiting our partners all over the, the world uh, so do you have you know again we talked about family gathering and so on so I'm, I'm sure you have one travel story that you like to talk about when uh, when people ask you you know where did you travel and where did you go so what would be your your most interesting travel story to share with us yeah well I, I I'm probably not the one with the the most interesting travel stories I've been really blessed in having and visiting uh, very nice places with nice people and uh, well that's that's all good uh, but maybe I had a little bit less adventure there than others <laughs> had to deal with but uh, there's a couple trips that uh, are kind of funny or you know uh, scary at times 
uh, I remember one one time in in we had a, a customer training in Thailand, okay. and there was a, a coup like the second day. Uh, I believe there happens to well that a that's coup, not unusual. like a national thing. Yeah, like oh. uh, the uh, protesters trying to, uh, to 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 topple the government. Oh wow! And uh, protesters sent grenades at the airport like the day after I came uh, with a, a local person there. And well, uh, the the distributor was keen enough, and he took good care of us. And he even said, "Yeah, if you see tank, just take pictures. Don't worry." <laughs> <laughs> so, actually, there was being there. There was not much to worry about because I kind of felt safe. The protests were not anywhere anywhere close. And uh, but the family at home, I mean, the news were distorted and amplified and it of looked course. like it, it was a raging war over there which was absolutely not the case so <laughs> it's interesting how news travel yes yeah they travel fast when when it's bad news especially so oh my yeah they yeah. must have been uh, really worried about you not being being able to make it back or things of that nature yeah so we were again i we were lucky we changed tickets uh, singapore airlines change us tickets in we got evacuated, sort of speak, uh, through Utapao Military Airport. Everything ended well, and it, you know it's one of those stories. But uh, yeah, <laughs> the, that was a bit interesting. But <laughs> most of the travel I've done yeah, has been uh, pretty, I want to say, seamless. We, of course, there's always some some f- funny flight stories where you know you you end up. Or, going in circle for a day over a city or something you know some logistics problems but right nothing really spectacular that's good you're lucky that's 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 great that's i think really i'm good. very lucky i'm, I'm hearing <laughs> yeah. uh, stories left and left and right from people that are much more adventurous and uh, actually interesting than this one <laughs> <laughs> no but we're, we're glad you made it back that's all that matters <laughs> um and and so of course right now as, as you mentioned earlier with you know COVID-19 still being happening at least at the time of this recording um, we're still working from home as well and so uh, how have you been personally or, or professionally uh, coping with this? Yeah the, the, and you mentioned the two because there's the two aspects of course I have three kids let's start with that yeah I'm, I'm surprised we it's pretty quiet behind you right now it's uh, that's impressive <laughs> no no you managed that but thank you <laughs> <laughs> Actually, uh, at the moment of recording this, the school just started, uh, like That's literally right. a few days ago. I'm yeah. not sure exactly when you're going to uh, publish this recording. At this time, there's no COVID in the school. Well, maybe in a couple of weeks there will be. But at this time, that my kids are at school. But right. back yeah, during Quebec, the... Yeah, in Quebec, it's not uh, that bad, yeah. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Not yet. Uh, hopefully, it stays like that. Yeah. Uh, at the time when this uh, madness started... Uh, schools closed so yeah i ended up starting uh working at home uh <laughs> hoarding as much ndt equipment as i as i could uh, <laughs> I literally transporting heavy cases with plates because at the time we were testing um mhu 5.2 it was so for weld uh, right. and later on corrosion so uh ended up carrying all this equipment and, uh, and it was freezing here it was still March, so uh, basically built a third office in my shed uh, with a propane heater, and started to do scans uh, to validate software. Went back to engineering. All right, this and that doesn't work. Let's fix it. And eventually, we released the software. So 
Uh, yeah, I remember a, a picture that you, you had the, the OmniScan X3 in a snowbank <laughs> and you were scanning plates uh, or welds in, in the snowbank. So that was uh, that stick with me. It's in my brain forever now. <laughs> <laughs> I knew that would make that would make people laugh and, and remember <laughs> that. I actually didn't use that office. That's the fourth office that never really existed. But anyway, <laughs> it's good that you don't need to use that one for sure. <laughs> Yeah, so it's been okay. I mean, uh, working from home, uh, that, that that job I, uh, I'm having right now is, is certainly, it's not that difficult to work from home. Uh, all the coordination and all the, uh, the exchanges can work remotely with the tools we have today uh, in 2020. It's, I want to say, fairly easy and it works very well. Only a couple snags here and there. I think the biggest challenge for us at developing products is uh, accessing the equipment and yeah. yet, I mean, we can get around that uh, because obviously not everyone has a, a big pipe and a pressure vessel at their house with a hydroform mm -hmm. and everything. So we need to share and go back and, but it's been working. Yeah. Yeah. It, it could have been much worse. It could sure. have been much worse. Yeah, yeah. yeah. In your opinion, what are the things that most people don't truly see from the outside of a manufacturing process? I think it's all the choices we have to make. I mean, manufacturing is one thing, or of course, being closer to the product design uh, and improvement. There are things sometimes you may look at the product and wonder why have they done that? I mean, it's it's easy enough to think that the manufacturer could have done that differently, or I would have done that differently. Yeah, but it's the amount of choices we have to make every day, literally mm -hmm. every day. And in my case, it's probably every hour or so, or if, if not more, mm -hmm. uh, sometimes multiple times. And often there are hard choices. So you, you want to make the product work as best as possible, but you want to go ahead also because uh, at some point, uh, the, the functionality, all functionalities need to be uh, working properly, uh, satisfactory, uh, but they cannot take a year to yeah. develop. So, I mean, everything needs to be chosen and prioritized it's all that i think is absolutely for the for the most uh invisible and i like to uh, i often find myself looking at, the, at products that i like you know stuff that i purchase and i look at their stuff and oh, i think i understand why they've done that just because of the everyday choices we have to make uh by when developing products and i'm sure trying to please the 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 larger amount of people as possible you know and not not just the not just the loudest you know we say squeaky wheel gets the grease often you know like the, the loudest that complains about something doesn't mean that it's gonna uh let's say um uh please the, the the most people so i'm sure that's also really hard to juggle yeah yeah to that effect we uh yeah, yeah. we please only nice people no i'm, I'm just kidding <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> So yes, and also it's uh, part of my job, or I want to say a big part because I'm putting a lot of effort in there, is to understand what is the problem behind it. Because maybe somebody wants something really bad, and that's okay. But mm -hmm. what is their problem? I mean, in the sense that what's not working? Because right. often we can, ha we might have a solution that's far more readier or accessible or in uh, in the roadmap already or can be tweaked. 
So knowing the actual problem really, really gets the team growing and the engineering. That's what they're really good at is solving problems. So my job is to turn a request into a problem. So when there's a request, I want to dig in and really understand what is going on. Uh, so I ask questions. Right. So not, not necessarily just answering by putting, okay, you need that feature, here's the feature, but saying, hold on, why do you need that feature? What's the problem you're trying to to solve? And so maybe we can solve it in a more efficient way even. So instead of just, you know, pleasing feature for feature. Yeah, that is correct. Because if you take all requests and you pile them up, well, guess what? They will not fit the... Uh, the, uh, the the timeline and it's like a bottleneck. I mean, right. if you're trying to to fill more than what the bottle can can hold, it's never gonna work. So uh, and then if you try to filter out which ones, well, you're leaving a lot of people's requests out. That doesn't work either. <laughs> right. So yeah. maybe if by understanding, often uh, I find that there's a common problem to a bunch of people that they just have worded differently, and we do fits that and then we please a lot of people in one move and that's very interesting for everyone all right yeah and so you might have answered this already i guess a little bit with with this last question but what do you think it takes to to create or to build build uh, an awesome ndt instrument is it only to solve the solutions or you know what else does it take to to build something uh, awesome <laughs> I, th I think it takes the passion and the heart, really. It starts there, and the rest is details. And the rest comes, you know, the rest are tools, uh, whether they're methods or methodologies or uh, specific tools that we use. Or, But, yeah, I think it's, it's really the passion that drives it. And that's something I see in this company, uh, a lot of passion around phase array. I agree. And something else, that I don't know if you'll agree with me, but um, somewhat, I want to say like uh, kind of compassion for the customers and I think that's something you know if I if I can talk for you <laughs> I think that's something that you truly have you know is that you do care uh, for what the customer you know the, the pain po point that they have in solving those pain points and and you do inquire and you, you do talk with customers quite a bit so I feel like at least your compassion is, is really strong so I, I, I do think it takes that and I do think you have that so that's that's a good thing. <laughs> Uh, thanks. Thanks. Yeah, I, I think it's essential for many reasons. Number one is, uh, of course, the, the empathy for customers, exactly, but also yeah. to understand what is their workflow? What are they going through? How do they think? How, how our users think when they, you know, when we develop something and we put that uh, on their desk? I mean, how are they going to react? I like to get in their shoes, really, and be able to understand what is the thinking? What do they have to do next? And often you almost fall off of your chair because, oh man, uh, you never could have guessed that somebody's doing that. They're using pen and paper while you thought they would use your fancy software and they don't <laughs> right. because of one stupid details that we didn't think about. Yeah. You know, all that kind of stuff really is uh, good reasons to, uh, to, to, uh, to really know more about how our products are used. So I asked all those annoying questions also. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. They're needed. They're needed. <laughs> well, talking about, you know, just kind of inspiration and, and people that uh, you, you ask questions. Uh, did you have any uh, inspirations or, or mentors or idols uh, in, during your, your career? I had I had a few, and uh, I want to say uh, 
thinking more about this question, I probably could have find much more, much more people. Uh, it's certainly, tricky too. Uh, you never want to ruffle any feathers, not mentioning <laughs> somebody. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so a couple names that come uh, that that come out that I'm thinking uh, right away. Of course, my former uh, bosses at the time and mentors, uh, Gilles Rousseau, now at Quebec Hydro, uh, mm. Marc Grenier, uh, with a company that will not name because they're competi <laughs> competing with us. <laughs> okay. We say uh, hi to Mark anyway. Hope they yes. listen. <laughs> so uh, Mark has been very, uh, has been a great teacher and uh, you know explaining. Uh, so uh, really, I learned tremendous from uh, from Mark. Uh, another person that I did not spend that much time with, uh, only so much uh, so occasionally, was uh, Roch Sanson with uh, the company he uh, co-founded now SGNDT. Uh, but at the time, he was one of the owners of RD Tech. Uh, right. I mean, yeah. he's just a wealth of knowledge and uh, spending 20 minutes with him equates to, I don't know, two months of, uh, if not a year, or trying to to learn by yourself. So uh, Rock definitely was somebody that uh, I still have a, a very high regard. So if Rock, you're listening. <laughs> But uh, apart from that, I had the luxury to meet uh, Mr. Valentino Checo uh, on the uh, um, Atomic Committee in Canada. Uh, at the time, he was still teaching different classes. And uh, I mean, his way of teaching it is makes it so simple. I tried to replicate that uh, over the years when I was responsible of different products. Mm -hmm. Uh, I guess that's that those are the names uh, mainly uh, as far as the phase array side since I'm, I'm more recently involved in phase array I think it's all the team really uh, I've been learning from mostly everybody uh, I mean local uh, your team yourself Emily uh, and everyone at the SBC that's specialists uh, I mean literally every day I try to absorb that knowledge. Uh, so you're all very much uh, influential people for me. <laughs> That's good. Yeah, we're, we're certainly lucky to have a, a, a tremendous uh, team, you know, all over the world, really. And, uh, and so yeah, there's, there's a lot of knowledge and a lot of year of expertise. So we're, we're lucky to be able to tap into that for sure. And as a kid, I bet I bet you didn't know that you would end up in NDT. I, I mean, you know, if you would have asked me, uh, you know, I want I wanted to be a ventriloquist or something like that. You know, I had no clue <laughs> what NDT was about. Uh, so, what was your dream job, and uh, how far was it from NDT when you were a kid? So NDT, I had no clue that it even existed before really I, I fell into it. But as far as product management. Ideas. I always have been sort of thinking about that job without really knowing it existed when I was very young. So right, uh, yeah, because I, I was about to say, if you knew as a kid you wanted to be a product manager, I'm really impressed, <laughs> and, I, and I want to talk with your parent next. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't know if it's gonna be positive or maybe they should have taken care of me better. Or... <laughs> <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> So actually, when I was a kid, uh, I liked, you know, uh, that that's that there's that one word that I don't know how to translate. We we say in French, patenteux, but I, I would oh, basically yeah. assemble no. uh, with uh, all kind of circuits and you know uh, build tinkering, all kind of stuff. I think, yeah, tinkering yeah. with with little yeah 
tinkering. Yeah. So I would build some devices and I would sell that, package them to my oh, friends. Really? Basically, <laughs> well, that's no different than what I'm, what I'm doing today. I just didn't know there was a name for it. That's amazing. I didn't know that. That's really funny. Wow. Little did you know, that's exactly what you would end up doing. That's great. And I had to deal with warranty and complaints because all my stuff wasn't working properly uh, all the time. I was beginning into soldering. So yeah, my wires broke and I had to to be replacing them or satisfying my customers. <laughs> version 2.0 okay Tommy yeah. has learned to solder some more <laughs> oh that's really funny well we've been working together for many years so you know I, I might know some of uh, the answers uh, for the next question but on a more personal level for the people who don't know you so much I know that you have actually a lot of uh, hobbies and a lot of passions as well uh, outside of NDT so would you mind sharing a few for our listeners Sure. Let me start with just a question. How many guitars do you own? Maybe that will get us there. <laughs> okay. All right. So, uh, depend, define guitar. <laughs> <laughs> How many strings? Okay, let's say instruments. Yeah. <laughs> okay, instruments, I don't know. I would have to uh, to check. Uh, but uh, guitars, I believe it's just, I don't know, about 10 or something, plus oh, a few right. basses. Okay, yeah. that doesn't count. Okay, I see. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm just messing with you. But yeah, yeah if you count ba bass guitars, anyway. Uh, probably, yeah, I don't know, a dozen or something. And mm. I've been playing since I'm 10. It's still probably my first hobby. I mean, if you count all those years, uh, my main hobby is yeah. playing music. Uh, just for the fun, really. I never intend intended to be famous or anything. I just love the sound and the fun of playing. Right, yeah. So apart from that, I like doing uh, uh, manual work, uh, like uh, carpentry. Uh, I've been doing a lot of that this summer, actually, uh, during my uh, my time off and vacation. Uh, you know, building decks you, and such. And did you build a, another office, or? <laughs> actually, yeah, <laughs> I put some really? pictures, and I'm pretty proud of this one. <laughs> nice. So there's that. There's uh, of course uh, I like hunting. So, uh, but my, you know, that's probably what I'm, I'm doing that. I want to say more and more in the sense that my kids are still, are still young. So that's not really a family hobby yet. I right. Mean, yeah. Once they're older, that's going to be a lot easier. Hopefully, you know, maybe they will like that too. So right. at, the time, All at, boys, at this right? time, they're still young. It seems like they do like it, but, uh, you know, if maybe they, they won't like that at all and that's okay. Right. Yeah, exactly. You can't you can share some, but you can't force them. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> well, Tommy, I want to thank you very much for your time today. I know you're a very busy man, so I'm not going to take any more of your time. But please keep doing the amazing work that you are doing. And I sure hope we'll continue to build many more instruments together. Very good, Emily. Thanks a lot. Uh, thanks for allow allowing me this opportunity. I should have started with that when you opened this, but yeah, uh, thanks so much. It, it's been a pleasure. Uh, keep doing what you do. We really appreciate you and uh, this podcast. I hope it's it's a fun uh, it's fun to listen to. I think it's a very good initiative. I hope so. Yeah, I hope people will have fun with it just as much as I have fun with it. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. All right. Thank you again, Tommy. Talk to you soon. All right. Thanks, Emily. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
That's all for today's show. I hope you enjoyed the insight on Tommy's work. As usual, don't forget to leave a comment in the comment section and let us know what you think of the show by leaving us a review. Also, if you or someone you know would like to be on this very podcast, please don't hesitate to email us at ndtpodcasts at olympus.com. Until then, be safe out there and we'll talk again real soon. 